Welcome back to the show. We've got a treat for you right now. Yesterday after the show, we talked to Patrick Mahomes about the health of his ankle, whether we'll ever see a behind-the-back pass during the Super Bowl, maybe, and his mutual, uh, let's say, inspiration from Trash Talk, him and Luca. Here it is. Enjoy. You know, once upon a time, I used to think I was Kansas City's favorite son. And then Patrick Mahomes came along and very rudely took the spot from me. Uh, Patrick, I want to start with one of our favorite topics. It's what everyone's, it's one of, what's on everyone's mind today, Luka Doncic. Uh, he scored 50 on Monday. And I'm curious, who's more dangerous to be disrespected, you or Luka by a Pistons coach? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Luca's, I would say Luca, man. I've seen it firsthand. I went to one of his games in uh, L.A. at Staples Center. Uh, again, or actually Crypto Center now, or Crypto.com Center. And uh, he got was talking trash. I think Patrick Beverly was talking trash to him. Oh, and uh, he, he went off for the rest of the playoffs. So I would say Luca probably is the most dangerous disrespected. Yeah, You know, <laughs> as it happened, the Bengals had a lot of Patrick Beverly's. They weren't named Patrick Beverly, <laughs> but it was kind of the same ethos there. Were you surprised – at how much and how loudly they were talking leading up to the game? Um, I think I was a little surprised about uh, the week before the game. Uh, I remember after they beat us in the regular season, they said we have to play them. And I think that's what kind of sat with me for the entire rest of the season of I want to play these guys again. But uh, it's a great football team, man. So if they're going to keep beating us, they have the right to talk. But uh, when we win, it just doesn't look as good. Oh, and so after the game, you go, step to the podium. And now I got to say – you know, I, I was a little disappointed because you step to the podium and you say, you know, nobody picked us. Patrick, somebody picked you. Somebody's been, come on, somebody's been believing in you all year and you know that, correct? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I said five, I said 5% of people picked us. You were in that 5%. Okay. <laughs> but uh, other, than, other than you and a few select people, I think uh, across some networks, I think uh, a lot of people had the Bengals. I saw the pictures where it was like eight Bengals pictures and then the Chiefs as a one. Um, so uh, I knew not a lot of people picked us, but I think the guys responded the right way and we were able to get the win. Okay, but so this has kind of been a theme this year because, and you, you know, you threw up the Pete Weber tweet after the game, but also well, you have, you carry yourself humbly, but then you have little moments where they, I think it flashes, like you count on the fingers and you see, you're very aware of what people are saying. Has it been odd to you? that it has felt to me like all year long a lot of the sports media was ready to essentially move on from the Chiefs, move on from you as the best quarterback, the Chiefs as the best team, it's going to be Allen, it's going to be Herbert, it's going to be Burrow. Like, did that feel a little premature to you? Um, I think as long as Andy Reid's the head coach of this football team, that the Chiefs are always going to have a chance. So uh, I thought it was a little bit premature in a sense, but uh, – uh, I knew that if we just kept doing what we needed to do, that we were going to be where we wanted to be at, and that, that's in the Super Bowl. And so now uh, we're going up against a great Philadelphia Eagles football team, and we know we're going to need our best football if we want to win. All right, Patrick. Uh, Nick, Nick has made a nice little cottage industry of telling everybody, <laughs> I'm the Patrick Mahomes okay. guy. Okay. But I was actually the first guy, you might not know this, <laughs> to say you were Jordan-esque, as in Michael Jordan-like. <laughs> and according to Sports Illustrated, I'm the first ever to say that you are the best quarterback I've ever seen. I know I can't call you the GOAT because you got to win more like Tom Brady, but you're the best I've ever seen. And speaking of Brady, obviously today he retired. So I want to get from you, like, you guys do things so differently. 
Uh, what do you think made him such a great quarterback? Because it obviously just wasn't him using his legs and being so athletic. Um, I think you, you've said a little bit of it, and he has a little bit of that. He has the Jordan in him, that will to win and that will to be the best. Um, I think that's what makes Tom so great. And even though he might not have the best arm or the, or, or the best mobility, he's still really good at all both of those things. Um, moving within the pocket and uh, uh, arm strength. And then his will to bring his teammates along is special. And his will to be great and be the best is special. And uh, that's something that whenever I talk to Tom, I just try to l- I learn as much as possible. And he's able to – he's uh, more than willing to give me some advice, which is I think is pretty cool um, because he is the GOAT and uh, someone that I want to try to chase. But I know it's a long ways away from me, and I have to continue to just uh, win football games. Yeah, how much, I mean, we've heard LeBron say he's chasing Jordan, right? The ghost of Mike, he wants to be the best ever. How much does that drive you, and how do you kind of balance that staying in the moment but also feeling like, I want to be the best ever when I'm done? Yeah, I think any athlete wants to be the best in their position ever. Um, And I I want to be, but I understand how hard it's going to be. I know that Tom being in 10 Super Bowls and winning seven of them is something that is it seems impossible. Um, So all I can do is take it day by day and get better and better um, and try to do whatever I can to have great guys around me like I do now and and win football games. But at the end of the day, it's a team sport and it takes a team. Um, and I have to just try to keep those guys around me as long as possible and keep Coach Reed coaching for as long as possible as well. All right, Patrick, I've seen some film of you playing high school basketball. You had game, that's for sure. So I know you know basketball. Nick and I have this debate. He thinks my, uh, LeBron James is the best ever. I think Michael Jordan. Who do you think is the GOAT NBA player? Man, that's a tough one, man. Uh, my dad used to have me like watching documentaries on DVDs of Michael Jordan of classic games. Uh, so if I, I would say if I had one game, I would take Michael Jordan or one series. Go. But uh, I would say for a full entire season, I'm, I got to go with LeBron because he can do a, uh, a little bit of everything. I think that was a Jordan. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking that as a Jordan. It was, it was a MJ very diplomatic answer. I'm not going to let you do that. Go ahead, Wild. We're going to move on. His last thing he said was LeBron. Savvy. That's the right answer. Right. All right, Patrick, you guys got so much motivation from the Bengals trash talk didn't seem like the Eagles are saying much of anything but if I was Andy Reid I would try to sort of put a few pieces of bait out there I'd be like all right uh, Patrick when you look at the uh, scheme that the Eagles who fired me are running here (laughs) is that a narrative that you want to sort of get revenge for Andy has Andy made it known that hey I really want this Super Bowl even more than the other Super Bowls we're in (laughs) Man, if you're not fired up to play this game, then you're in the wrong sport. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. Um, I've been able to, luckily enough, win one, and I've been able to to lose one. And I know what both of those feelings feel like. And I'll tell you what, winning one is about the complete opposite of losing one. I mean, you're either going from the, the greatest feeling in the world to the worst feeling in the world. So uh, if you're not motivated to play this game on this stage against a great football team like this, then you're in the wrong sport. So you've mentioned Andy a few times. He's obviously one of the key components of this era. You are the key component of the era. And you also happen to have, I believe, the greatest tight end to ever live, who also seems to be a bit of a maniac. There was a moment, Patrick, right after the game. You're talking to Tracy Wolfson. And you are literally thanking God. Those are the words that are coming out of your mouth. And Travis Kelsey comes over, cackling maniacally, and just bellows, 
Burrowhead my ass and just keeps <laughs> laughing and walks away. What is he like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I think people see that that uh, mentality that he has and how funny he is and how he's able to be around everyone and be the, the most liked guy in the room. But people don't see how hard that man works. And uh, it makes it easy, easy for me whenever the hardest working guy on the team is uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, one of the best, if not the best, tight end of all time. Um, so whenever I want to tell other guys, to, hey, you need to finish your route or you need to finish running upfield, uh, all I have to do is point to 87 because I know he's doing it the right way and he can be that leader for me. Hey, quickly, Patrick, before we get to Super Bowl stuff, I just want to look backwards for one more time. I, the, the video of you is now famous, of you being told you have to go get the x-ray on your ankle in the Jacksonville game. Did you not want to go get it x-rayed? Because you thought if they saw the x-ray, they wouldn't let you play? Like, did you think that potentially that you had broken your ankle or done something even worse than what you did? Well, I've been in that x-ray room before, and it hasn't worked out well for me. So uh, I thought I was good enough to play, and I wanted to at least get one more series uh, Hmm. to get out there and see if I could test it out. And uh, Coach Reed, he says he has 51%, so he said, uh, you're getting the x-ray before you play, so you might as well go now. Um, and so I knew then I had to go back out there and uh, back there and get the x-ray. And luckily enough, it was negative and I was able to get back in the football game. And then obviously, you know, play the next week and play great. You, there's a famous clip of you from a few weeks ago saying that you should have had people chasing you during the 40-yard yeah. dash. That other guys are faster than you, but they're not as, as afraid as you are. It, when you're going into that game... Did you think you were going to be able to, if need be, scramble the way you did for what ended up setting up the game-winning field goal? Or was that simply the adrenaline of the moment? Uh, A little bit of both. I thought I was going to be able to run straight um, and not make much cuts, uh, especially this last game, just because of how the ankle was feeling. Um, And I think you saw that throughout the game. There's a couple times I tried to run and I didn't go anywhere and the coaches kept getting mad at me for not throwing the ball away. Um, but uh, in that moment, I knew I needed to get the first down um, to give ourselves a, a chance at another play. Um, and obviously the, the penalty happened and everything like that, and it, it got us into field goal range anyways. Um, but uh, I, I thought I was going to be able to move enough to protect myself, not necessarily run forward a lot. Uh, Patrick, speaking of unconventional plays, for two years now, we have been running video of you practicing the behind-the-back pass. And every week or every other week, we've said, you know what? Goal line opportunity. This is a chance for Patrick to break out the behind-the-back pass, and then we show the videos from you indoors and you outdoors. Is this thing ever going to see the light of day, or is it just a practice play exclusively? No, it's for sure going to happen at some point in the game. I'm not going to say it's going to happen in the Super Bowl, uh, (laughs) but but I I actually do it in practice a good amount. Um, I throw it uh, and, and completed it probably like 80 to 90% of the time. Oh, come on. And, and, but uh, I'm, I'm a little too scared still to do it in the game. And Travis, <laughs> he gives me crap for it. Every time I do it in practice, he's, all he yells is do it in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know this, Patrick, because obviously you got tons on your mind and you got the huge game coming up. What do you do to relax? Like, what do you like to do to get your mind off football and when you're not thinking about the game? Well, in the season, I'm pretty busy. So most of my free time, I just spend with the, the family now. I got, I got the two kiddos now, so I spend most of my free time with them. Um, but in the off season, I'm a big golfer. So I like to golf a lot and get out, get on the course and, and swing the sticks around. I've never got a lesson, but I, I think I'm at least above average. So uh, I'm going to try to keep, continue to get my golf game uh, to where 
I can be winning some of these celebrity tournaments that I'm trying no, to trying so, to be in. No, it's so listen, wow. I I know people that golf with Patrick and it's so it's one of those one percent athlete things. Like never had a lesson, bombs at three fifty, great at all the sports. <laughs> it's so re- it's so dumb. Like you don't practice, don't you don't even care. I'll try it, shoot a seventy six. So let me ask <laughs> I, the I, I there's one other football thing I wanna ask you, which is last year. We talk, we saw defenses changing the way they played you guys, and for a moment there, it seemed to affect you. And then you got you ended up obviously uh, having a great end of the season. Did that oddly prepare you to play without Tyreek because defenses were f- making you when you had Tyreek, making you take the underneath stuff, and then Tyreek's gone? Like, did that actually help you for this season? Um, I think it did in a sense. Um, it just helped me evolve as a quarterback in general. Um, I've been a guy that I wanted to throw the deep shot every single time. And um, C- Coach Reed always joked with me about it is he would call routes to throw underneath routes. And then on the other side, they'd put a deep shot just in case. And he always would say, it's like, it's like you're th- dangling a cheeseburger in front of him and telling him not to throw it. So uh, it, <laughs> I finally, I finally, uh, I finally learned that I can take a possession throw, uh, underneath route and those deep throws are gonna are gonna happen throughout the game and uh luckily that i've learned that in the, at a time where we needed it and uh, we still hit those deep throws every once in a while and if you give me the opportunity i'm still gonna give it uh, give it a chance all right i just listen you've been very generous with your time and i actually made the executive decision not to ask you about the super bowl because i don't want you to slip up and give the eagles bulletin board material and we need to win this football game so we can just, we can just talk about the super bowl after the super bowl uh, i want to give you the, in the last minute here it, you guys playing a ton of young guys you get a lot of love as deserved. Travis does. Chris Jones is finally belatedly getting some love. That was a team win, a team effort. I want to give you the opportunity to shout out any of your maybe less heralded teammates that you feel haven't gotten enough national shine and give them some recognition here before we go. Yeah, I mean, first off, you start off with the offensive line, man. They went up against a great defensive line, and, and I was uh, hobbled and couldn't really move, and they, they gave me the time to make the throws, and then – I mean, you got to talk about the secondary. I mean, you have rookies. I think there was four rookies at one point playing in the secondary uh, with three corners and a, and a safety. And they went up against probably the best receiving group in the NFL, and they, they held their own. And so uh, we got a lot of young guys on this team, um, and we got a lot of leaders that have, we've brought them along as the years went on. Um, and you're seeing those guys step up now, and can they do it for us for one more game, man? We're playing a great team, and they're gonna, we're going to need their best. Patrick? We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. We appreciate the fact that you're the greatest athlete in the history of my hometown, what you've done for Kansas City, and thank you for making the time for a Super Bowl week, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all. Keep the banners coming, too. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Good call. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Thanks Patrick. Yeah. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. We're going to start with the GOAT's final note. Brady releasing this message from a sand dune on social media this morning. Take a listen. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point. Right away, I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever, there's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Okay, I'm legit sad. Uh, <laughs> your reaction. Uh, well, listen, I th thought that was actually a pretty touching video for mm -hmm. well being done, one yes. minute, and I think it did speak to the fact at how emotional he was about it because obviously that wasn't like on IG Live. You know right. what I mean? He could have yep. done multiple takes or whatever he wanted. Right. And that was, I think, the most authentic and the maybe the best version he had of it where he got all the way through it because I think this is a crushingly sad moment for him because I don't think that he... I, obviously, he's choosing to retire, and I think it's something that he, part of him wants to play football forever. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's 45 years old and none of us at this table thought he was retiring. Right. <laughs> Speaks to the fact that Tom Brady not only broke the record books, but broke all of our brains about what greatness in the NFL is supposed to look like. Prior to Tom Brady, the high watermark, impossible standard was four rings. And we looked at it as, okay, so who, who, how, how, if you're going to get more than two, how do you get there? Mm -hmm. Well, you have to have this amazing dynastic team like the Steelers did in the 70s or like the greatest player ever plus one of the greatest quarterbacks ever like the Niners did with Rice right. and Montana or just Hall of Famers on both sides of the ball all over the place like the Cowboys. Yep. That's the only guys that got three or four rings. Two rings – was, you are, are you the best quarterback ever? Like, that was this, like, John Elway was in the argument as the best quarterback ever because he got to two. Right. Steve Young got one ring. Brett Favre got one ring. Kurt Warner got one ring. And nobody was like, ah, disappointing. You know what I mean? Didn't. Right. But Brady broke our brains on it. And, Brew, the thing is that's so crazy about what Tom did was he actually was following that model. They had a little run, won three and four years, just like the Cowboys did, and then ten years without a ring. It's like, okay, yeah, he's going to have three rings, like, you know, in that. 
And then from 2014 to 2020, every other year he won the Super Bowl. That's pretty good. And it, it changed the way we evaluate all players in this league now. Where we're to, You mentioned that we're going to talk to Mahomes later today. For Mahomes, everyone's like, man, if he only wins three, is it a disappointment? When prior to Tom Brady, great point. only winning three would be like, is he the best player we've ever great seen? Take. No, you're absolutely right. Look, if Patrick Mahomes only won three, you're right. I, I, I would feel a bit... Disappointed but that's because of Brady. I, no, no doubt about it. And it's interesting because obviously when you think of Brady, you think of the GOAT. I remember when I first started thinking he might be the GOAT. We're, we're in years he didn't even win it. it was 2007 when he got Randy Moss. Because his first three Super Bowls, and a lot of people like to say, oh, he's just a game manager. Check out his second Super Bowl win when he threw for about 350 yards and I think three touchdowns. But when he got – he won those Super Bowls without – even Pro Bowl receivers, and we know it don't take much to make the Pro Bowl anymore, but he didn't have great receivers. You give him Randy Moss, and all of a sudden, 50 touchdowns, almost twice as many as he had ever thrown in a season. Uh, the, the yardage, everything was crazy that year. And I started thinking, wow, if he had a Rice like Montana, if he had a Marvin Harrison like uh, Peyton. Uh, Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. This is what he would be, and then he adds more Super Bowls, and it's like obviously he's the GOAT. I I think who he is, and I I mentioned this Monday, Nick. We're talking about Mahomes and Brady, and I said I think it could end up going forward as Brady is like Bill Russell – and Mahomes will be like LeBron Jordan. James. He won't have as many as many rings, but the, he'll have a lot of rings and the individual numbers. And I really am beginning to feel like this is the Bill Russell of this generation. Mm-hmm. Number one, they were the most the winningest players in the history of their sports. I mean, Brady's won more Super Bowls than any franchise. Yep. That is ridiculous. Uh, secondly, they weren't consistently viewed as the best player in their sport. Right. Obviously, you had Will Chamberlain with Russell. Yep. And Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning got more MVPs and more first-team All-Pros than Brady in his era. Number three, they were both incredibly clutch. And, Nick, I want to show you this graphic. This is what Mahomes does have to do. Yep. Look, at the, look at the Super Bowls. Look at Peyton Manning and John Elway. Three touchdowns for each of them, five picks for Peyton, eight for Elway. Mahomes even, to this point, two touchdowns, four picks. Brady's 21 touchdowns, six interceptions, over 300 yards a game. Now, Montana's ridiculous. Montana's crazy. But those two, that's why I don't think Mahomes can pass Montana, even if he wins this year, Nick. Uh, But, and then fourth, uh, they won with different groups. You, you sure? know, like like Russell obviously had Kuzi initially, in and, and then Havlicek yeah. later, and obviously Brady did it. So I, I think he's the Bill Russell of our era. I think it's a great take. Um, I'm looking at it from a Patriots perspective, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I I always think it's interesting to see like other grown people, you'd be 32 years old and not really know football without Tom Brady in it. Correct. But me, I'm a little bit older. This side of the table is like the wise table. This is the wise Alex side. (laughs) Um, So when I was growing up, we had like Tony Eason and Steve Grogan, and we got into the Bledsoe era, and then the Brady era came. And I want to show you this graphic. This is the 20 years before Tom Brady and the 20 years after. Winning percentage obviously goes up. 
We went to two Super Bowls. We lost them to a combined, by a combined 50 points, win six. Division titles, three to 17, 10 win seasons, six to 18. So the ability to put an entire franchise on your back, it, it really, and I know I joke around about this, but I actually mean it when I call the Patriots America's team. For a generation of kids now, adults, the Patriots are America's team. They're like what the Cowboys were to our parents, like the Steelers were to our parents. No, that's a hundred percent right. And we do, we yes, we we give you our time about because they're you know they're America's team after I guess the fall of an empire at this point. But I mean they're <laughs> they're still they're still there. Uh, but it also it is why I think it is so hard for people to have what should be adequate adequately intelligent conversations about what we expect from our great players because if the the guys that predated Brady that didn't have to live up to the Brady standard mm-hmm. if they had their exact careers post Brady i think we denigrate a lot of them because so if you look probably at it, all certainly all but Montana yeah absolutely like if it, yeah. i think Steve Young is an one of the greatest players ever he had 10 really years as a starter won a couple mvps won a super bowl won one super bowl got to one super bowl as the starter Today, that's Aaron Rodgers. People are like, man, that guy blew it. That guy, why didn't he do more? And it's because Brady, I did that quarterback pyramid yesterday. Yeah. There are three guys on that pyramid of the 21 greatest quarterbacks ever. That will, I'll just show it to you. Brady had three different Hall of Fame careers. And I said this two years ago when I was filling for Colin on the herd the day after he beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It's even more true now. So I think we can show it. The first part of his career, he did Troy Aikman's whole career. More Super Bowl MVPs, neither one a regular season MVP, and same number of rings. Then there was the period where he had the amazing stats and didn't win. He did Dan Marino's whole career. Mm. And then there was the, let's start winning again. He did Joe Montana's whole career. That's pretty good. So That's good. It, so the fact that he played long enough to do, to, do, to do a facsimile of Aikman and then a facsimile of Marino and then a facsimile of, of Joe Montana, it's why as much as I want to and as much as part of me really believes it, I can't say... Uh, you know what? Hey, forget the rings. Mahomes better than him. Because it is such a body of work, and it's so overwhelming. And while, yes, we know it's a team sport, they had Belichick, you had great defenses, we also saw the games. And we know that a lot of those games, the defense held the opposition down, but damn it, they were down three with two minutes left, and Tom Brady came marching down. We saw time and again what we saw throughout this season, actually, which is games where he didn't play that great in the biggest spots, but then at the biggest moments, he channeled something. And to be able to do it, to be the 14 conference championship games and all these things, it's just impossible. It's unfathomable. So let's take a look at Brady's career numbers and talk about the elephant in the room. Seven-time Super Bowl, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time league MVP, all-time leader in wins, passing yards, passing touchdowns. Nick, are you ready to put these in Sharpie, erasable, non-erasable, excuse me, ink, that he's not going to add one more win A.K.A., do you think he's done permanently for No, I think he's done. I think that 
Seth Wickersham uh, had a really interesting piece today, and Seth wrote a book about Tom and was part of the Tom versus Time, I think it was, one of the docuseries Tom did. And we don't talk, I think it's the right thing to do, out of respect, much about Tom's personal life. But obviously that was in the news this year, and he went through a divorce, a very public divorce. And reading that Seth piece, and just as much as you can get from that 60-second video, I think he gave everything he had to the game. Everything. I think he sacrificed in ways that you... He sacrificed things that people can't fathom sacrificing because I don't think it was just that he loved football. And I actually agree with him on this. And it's a, I agree with what I think he believes. Felt a responsibility as the greatest to ever do something to do it as long as he could. No different than you see people who put, you know, kind of have unbalanced lives because they think what I am doing professionally is that important. I know it's football. I know it's a game. I know it's Mm. all fun. But when you are the greatest to ever do something in the history of the world, it probably weighs quite heavily on you that if you can keep doing it, you got to keep doing it. And he had said, I want to play till I'm 45. And he sacrificed a lot to get there. And now I think he's has to, as, Bel, as Mangini would say, Belichick would say, put it in the drawer and close the drawer. He has to be done with it. Well, and I think to your point, Nick, about him giving everything he had to the game, I think this year he realized, I can't anymore. Now, we get, we get the vacation at training camp, even though I didn't like that. That was apparently related to his family, yep. okay? But the rest of the stuff wasn't, mainly going to Robert Kraft's wedding which he had never done, which even Belichick and the Patriots players didn't do. He skips a Saturday meeting, walkthrough, whatever it was going to be, to go to a wedding. That's unlike Tom Brady. And I think he realized, you know what, I'm not giving it my all like I have these previous 22 years, whatever it was. And I think that probably played a role as well. I don't think he'll be back. It's hard for me to believe, Wilds, I'll admit, if the Niners called him and were like, hey, we're, we're in trouble. Purdy's out. Trey's out. We can win Purdy's the Super Bowl with you. <laughs> I mean, and part of me thinks he would come back. But, can no, I, I, I I'm 99% positive he's retired. But it's this quote that always kind of rings in my head. One day you might look up and see me playing the game at 50. Oh, don't laugh. Never say never because limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. That was Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame I was about to say, that sounded like Jordan. Okay. So, and I thought Michael Jordan meant that, that Michael Jordan always thought about coming back. During his Hall of Fame speech, he was talking about coming back. He didn't do it, but I think that competitive fire burns ten times more than even than the average fan, analyst, whatever, recognizes. So I'm putting it at 99. Well, I would just like to tell the audience, because we have new viewers from when we were on in the mornings. When Brady retired the first time, Wilds, from the first day, was adamant this is not a real retirement. And I made fun of him. I thought he was just holding on to hope and all these things. But but you you ended up being 100% right. So if you think it's on the board, then I will open up the possibility that it's on the board because I think your instincts on this have been excellent. 99.5. But it just seemed like it seemed like he was like grieving in that video and that this was that this is a chapter of his life that I think he has to mentally turn off, which is, you know, obviously he's not leaving football. You know, he's going to be a part of Fox and a part of broadcast. But I think he said he wanted to get to a goal and got to the goal and is done.
I'll mm. just keep the locker open in New England, just in case. <laughs> just in case. Tom Brady, reaction coming in from across the sports world. Derek Jeter saying congrats on an unbelievable career. It was fun to watch. Serena, I'm getting teary-eyed watching this. Sad to see you go. Welcome to a retirement world again. Well done, Serena. And David Beckham, we love you, man. He sent that one to Tom Brady, just so Tom Brady saw that. Uh, Brew, where are you ranking Brady across sports? Well, here's how good Brady was. Jeter's tweet, which was nice, it, it feels like an understatement. Yeah. It was an unbelievable career. Yeah. Right? Hey. Like, that's it. That's it. Look, I'm going to go. Maybe I go too deep here, but I, I, Bill Russell is the greatest winner in American sports history. Nick, you'll like this. I think there's an argument for LeBron even being the greatest, just pure athlete. I think Bo Jackson, obviously, and, and some others people might throw out. Most important athlete in American sports history, Jackie Robinson or Ali. Sure. And I would put Jordan ahead of Brady. And here's why. Obviously, they both were terrific winners. But Jordan, Brady was, like I said, it was questionable at times. Was he even the best quarterback in the league during his era? All right, some it, you could argue it was Manning. You could argue at times it was Rodgers. They both had more MVPs, more pro, uh, all pros than Brady. Jordan, it wasn't arguable. There's no one in his era, Isaiah Thomas, early on, Bird, Magic, uh, Ewing, you know, Elijah, nobody that you're saying – he may have been better than Jordan. Even if you take out the rings, I think he was better. You're not saying that with anybody in that era. So I would put Jordan ahead of Brady. Hmm. I, I think you've almost got to separate the individual sport athletes. So Serena Ali. The, I, I, put the, I mean, if we were to do like a Mount Rushmore of athletes, it gets very complicated. Like Usain Bolt, is he on there? I, I'm going to put those people in. I'm going to go team sport athletes. To me, Tom Brady – has to on American sports. This hurts, man. He has to be at the top mm. because all-time American sports number one. Yeah, because there is no debate about who the greatest in the history of his sport is. So I believe the greatest basketball player ever is LeBron James. You believe it's Michael Jordan. There is a case to be made that nobody makes, but it is a strong case to be made that is actually Kareem, particularly if you're going to include an entire basketball life, right? Because of what he did in high school, college, and then the pros. But there's strong arguments to be made for three different people in that sport. Baseball, I have no idea who the best player of all time is. I'm told it's Babe Ruth, but none, no one alive has ever seen him play. The numbers are unbelievable. But also, how do you do pitcher versus hitter, all of that stuff? Willie Mays, pretty great. Barry Bonds, unbelievable, saw him. There's a debate. There is no football debate. It's done. It's over. Now, maybe there will be one day, and that will change some things. Uh, but if we are talking about the greatest... If we were to do a Mount Rushmore of American team sport athletes, the only guy that you know has to be on there is Brady. Because if you're, if you're only going to put one NBA guy on there, then there's going to be an argument about who gets that spot. I know, you, I know it's sacrilegious for some, but there's an argument there. And one of the guys in the argument is still playing. And so we'll see how it ends up for him. And maybe LeBron can catch Brady. But he's got to be at the top. Like, he's earned it. Uh, guys, I, can I tell you something, Coach? I really didn't like saying any of that. That is my commitment to take integrity. I have to be what honest. Commitment. I didn't enjoy I, that one bit. I, I enjoyed but it. But it's got to, I mean, it's just got that's where he's got to be. Yeah, I think it's hard to, to make an argument that from, from an athleticism standpoint, he's the greatest athlete. Right. But, but for me, and, and when I talk to my kids about, about great players and, and what 
Tom was, it, it was the fact that no matter how much fame he had, no matter how much success he had, uh, no matter how much money he had, he was the same person every day with, with the same work ethic. And he was, he was humble and he brought his teammates in, into, the, into the mix. And, and like those intangibles to me make him different than anybody else that, that I had been around. And, and even as you talk about other athletes and, and they have their different issues associated, he was just such a, he's so special from an intangible standpoint. To me, that makes him on top of Mount Rushmore. You know what I wonder, Brew? I wonder if as everybody ages and, and Tom Brady's career starts to be viewed over the course of right. decades, whether his clutchness will rise to the top. Whether it's like, you know what, he was the most clutch athlete ever. All, all the late game comebacks, the Falcons Super Bowl win. I think that is going to slowly rise up. It's not just going to be yards and numbers. Like you know what, this guy was always cool under pressure. Well, what about Super. how he came into the league? That's, about, I bet that like, gets. I don't know. It's a good question. Me, I wonder that, if that gets that's lost a little itself. bit. A hundred percent. But that's the other thing that's going to help Brady. I believe. And unless, listen, unless. My guy Patrick, you know, does something unbelievable over the next two decades it would take, you know, over the next 15 years. He's done to the record books what Gretzky did, which is, listen, I don't know much about hockey. Hockey's never been a sport I've watched. But occasionally you scroll across Wikipedia page or something, you're like, ah, let me research on this. And it's like, what? Wait, what? Like, the numbers look like, did he play in a different era than ever? No, no, no. He was just, but that's what we, we've shown it earlier in the show. The gap between Brady and second place in all the prestigious winning stuff, the gap is bigger than what the second place guy has in total. And that, so he's just going to stand alone in that regard as the guy in the most popular sport in the country. Okay. Guess Great. what? <laughs> it is Thursday. Which means it's time for the Bud List. It's an early edition of the Bud List, and it's also a time, as you know, to read some viewer mail. Yeah, uh, for the year 2023, we get a lot of physical mail, and we're always willing to address your concerns and comments. Oh, there's our mail reading. Dear Wilds, love the show and happy Groundhog Day. Well, thank you. I thought the Bud List was a franchise you ran at four o'clock. Why am I getting this early dose of motivation? Is it because your interview with Patrick Mahomes is coming up at the top of the hour? Please advise Ryan and Brian. Well, Ryan and Brian, you nailed it. Uh, we've got an interview with Patrick Mahomes coming up at 4 o'clock. But because there is some confusion on this early bud list, we've decided to make a special offer. Oh. It's a little bit of a blowout sale. Oh. Just for today only, you can get all of the bud list items that includes the protein, the album and the home game for we're giving it 20% off. It's a Super Bowl special because we're confusing a little people because we're doing the segment early. So log on to Broussard's uh, social media and type in the code words, I believe in you. <laughs> it is a great deal. And Wilds, I just cut a bonus track last night. Did. That's on the album. What's it called? Uh, it's called... Rhymes galore. Rhymes galore. That's right. I sing and rap. All right. I sing and rap. But here we go. Number three on the bud list, Jason Kelsey. Oh. The first center in the history of the bud list 
Congratulations, Jason. Wild, send him a congratulatory trinket of some sort. All right, Jason, why is he on the bud list? Okay, he's on the bud list because he's facing his younger brother, Travis, in the Super Bowl. Now, look, both of these guys have a Super Bowl ring. Both of these guys have multiple all-pro selections. And both of these guys are likely, obviously, Kelsey's Travis certainly is, headed to the Hall of Fame. So what is at stake our family bragging rights, all right? And what you cannot do as the big brother, Jason's the bigger brother, I'm a big brother myself. You can give your younger brother a hug, you can give him advice, you can give him a punch in the chest, but you can never give the younger brother family bragging rights. So Jason, get it done, I believe in you. At number two, Andy Reid. Oh, Andy Reid. Now, I, I think Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen. All right. He's got his one Super Bowl. He's a made man. But to get the love and the credit he really deserves, I think he needs another one. Because he should be with the Landrys and the Knowles and the Shulas. And, I mean, Belichick's on a level by himself. But he should be with those guys. So to be with that level of coach, he needs two championships and – He's facing a team that he didn't get it done for. He, they were great. They made a bunch of championship games. They made one Super Bowl, but he didn't win them the ring. And they fired him. And they won it without him. So, Andy, go ahead and get it done against your former employer. I believe in you. At number one, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes oh. for the second straight wow. week. How now, good. I get it's it, amazing. Patrick, that you're the underdog. I get it that you are facing one of the best pass rushes in the history of the league as far as sacks are concerned. I get it that you are without possibly your three top receivers or maybe one or two of them. I get all that. But heavy is the head that wears the crown. All right, you got your one Super Bowl as much as Rodgers, as much as Favre, one more than Marino, and only one behind Jimmy G. Just a fact. Just a fact. All right. (laughs) Uh, but you are expected to win more. We're comparing you to Tom Brady. We're thinking you will challenge him for GOAT status years from now. But the only way to do it is to win and win and win some more. So, Patrick Mahomes, you got to go ahead and get it done. This would be a great achievement for you if you can do it. That is this week's bud list. He didn't get the I believe in you at the end. Yeah. Oh, I, everyone has got it. Look, I was the first one nationally <laughs> to recognize your tremendous talent, compare you to Michael Jordan, say you're the best I've ever seen. SportsIllustrated.com if you haven't seen that quote, uh, Patrick. <laughs> Nick will try to steal it, but it was me. Okay. All right, I do believe in you. You Excellent. know that. <laughs> That was one of the best bud lists that you put together in terms of presentation, and then you had the offer for the protein powder. Yeah. The new uh, there's so much. The so new many things to be excited about. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little surprised that Jalen Hurts not, is, is not there, but I, but I have to say I 100% agree with Patrick Mahomes. Oh. 100% agree with Patrick Mahomes, and, and here's why. I usually say you don't want the guy to to try to be Superman. You don't want the guy to do too much. He's got to be Superman. He's got to pull out the cape this game if, if they're going to have a chance chance to win. And I want to show you a play from the AFC Championship game. We're going to need a lot of this. And this is the Valdez-Scantling touchdown. So they got Travis Kelsey up top. He's going to be doubled by the corner and the safety on that side. 
Sky Moore down here, he's doubled by the corner who's pressed up against him and the, the safety, the near safety, which means Valdez Scantling is isolated one-on-one. -on -one. Now what Kansas City does a really good job of, they use the tight end in protection, but to help with the tackle, so they get a double team on the defensive end, they slide inside, they get a double team on the defensive tackle, and then they're going to take the back and they're going to bring him to the right tackle side to get a double team on the other defensive end. So they're buying some time for, Matt, for Patrick Holmes to read through the coverage. Now, as Kelsey starts, he's got a little out and up, and he's isolated there, but you can see the safety pushing over. That's not an option. Sky Moore is going to run that over. you got a middle-of-the-field safety. That guy's going to drive. So Patrick looks at Kelsey. He sees, all right, I, there's nothing there. There's two guys there. Now he comes back to Sky Moore. That middle-of-the-field safety is jumping the route. That's no longer an option. Now he realizes he's got the isolation against Valdez Scanling, who's going to push out and in to the middle of the field. But all that, even with all the protection, he's got to take this hit to get the playoff, to hit the isolated receiver, to go through the progression, and to get the touchdown. To me, that was indicative of the whole AFC championship game for him. The, the plays that he made, that while he was hurt, it was like Superman. And, and it, it, was, it was something that we'll talk about for years to come, unless, unless he's got a real problem in the Super Bowl. Let's take a look at what, what he's facing from the Eagles. Okay, the main thing here, sacks, number one in sacks, and the third in takeaways. They're very opportunistic in, in terms of interceptions. And then let's go back to the last Super Bowl. Really? Let's go back here. to the last Super Bowl. We're talking about a 31-9 to blowout. But here's the biggest thing, a 52.3 quarterback rating, which is the worst ever in his career, and it took place in the Super Bowl. So as much as he was a champion in the AFC, and he carried him in the last Super Bowl. He was far from that, and he faces just as daunting a challenge defensively. Wow. So that's my motivation. Well done, that Coach. Like that <laughs> just the facts, though. I liked it. And here's the thing. Nick has shown us how great Mahomes has been in the postseason. Yeah. Not really in the Super Bowl, though, Coach. You had Not it. Not in that Super Bowl. Oh, zero touchdowns, two Worse picks. His Even his first Super Bowl. He won Super Bowl MVP his first Super Bowl. He was great, but he, he, literally had, but he also game. had two, two oh, touchdowns. Oh, I'm not going He's got two touchdowns, four interceptions in his two Super Bowls. You guys Bowls. are pretty Patrick, lucky. I believe. We already <laughs> recorded with Patrick Mahomes. I know. So he can't cancel the interview <laughs> that we're going to play at 4 o'clock. Tom That's first Brady of all. never Second had a quarterback rating uh, in a Super uh, oh, Bowl. Oh, it's because Ever. he's – Okay. First of all, Ever. give me a break. Second of all, I do, <laughs> find it, I do find it interesting that yesterday Coach had an assignment of, hey, Tom Brady played for 23 years. Can you show us his greatest play ever? And it was not half as impressive. As the one he just showed from Mahomes yesterday. No, no, no. Your oh, time is up, sir. But the difference was that was under pressure and they won the Super Bowl. Okay, well, give it nine I, days and we'll be there. I could have gone to the AFC Championship game after AFC Championship. NFC Championship. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> Russell Wilson's under duress. Thank you. Now we're back to friendly territory. Wow. Russell wow. Wilson. They, wow. Added, <laughs> they hired Sean Payton. Way to take the air Which out of means <laughs> there, are no fall, there are no fall guys left for Russell Wilson. Sean Payton is there. Russell Wilson's cap hits the next four years. 27 million doable. 35 million, 55 million, and 58 million. Over the next four years. That wouldn't be such a disaster, except oh. his dead cap hits, if they want to move off him, are the following. $107 million, $85 million, $50 million, 
and then maybe you could stomach 31 million. So he's going to be on this team for at least the next two years, probably the next three, and I'm sure they hope the next four. However, Brew, this year, every single quarterback that had a worse passer rating than Russell Wilson got benched during the year, except for rookie Kenny Pickett, who was a rookie. If Sean Payton, if it doesn't get right with Sean Payton, no one's going to blame him the way they did Nathaniel Hackett. They will be blaming Russell Wilson, so he is under duress, my friend. You believe well, it? here's no. the thing. No, I don't. Russell Wilson showed some signs oh. at the end of the season. Hold on, ask your Chiefs. What, All right, he, he had twice. 10 touchdowns. In this <clears throat> final four games, he only had 16 all year, and 10 of them came in the final four games. Two, touch, two games, he had three touchdowns apiece. He scared the living daylight, daylights out of the Chiefs twice and beat the Chargers, who went to the playoffs. So I think, I think Sean Payton is just what the doctor ordered for Russell Wilson. I'll, I'll accept him being on the bud list, but I well, think it's he's motivational. So Absolutely. Really yeah, no motivation for September? You get a long <laughs> runway of motivation. Months from now. Uh, I'm putting the <laughs> Nets, your Nets, on the bud the list, Nets? bro. Yeah, I don't know if you tuned into the game. You watched the full game there. It, they were down 46-16 in the first quarter. So you know what? <laughs> I I'm going to stick on. with this. <laughs> I, I fell down by 40 at one point. Uh, it's their 10th straight loss to the Celtics. This is my favorite play here. It's uh, De'Ron Sharp locked in on not the ball and not his man. Kyle Harper just drains the three. Here's Kyrie after the game with, I thought, some insightful comments. Take a listen. When you're going against a very motivated team, such as the Boston Celtics, they, they have a chip on their shoulder. Um, it's clear as day that they want to win the championship and they're not wasting any time in the regular season. So tonight I felt like we were just one of those teams in the way. And, um, you know, we just can't be one of those teams in a way. we got to be one of those teams that stands up to them and um, at least shows them that we're going to be competition for them moving forward, uh, which I believe we are, but tonight we just didn't show it. Ooh, ten straight losses, bro. Well, look, no Kevin Durant, no Ben Simmons. I will say this. The Nets are a finesse team. I, they can't beat Boston. Even if they get right, I think they can play with everybody else in the East. Boston's a tough, gritty team. Even though they lost in Doka, they still sweep. are tough and gritty. What about close sweep? It was a close sweep. But the Nets are kind of soft. <laughs> Ten games. The Net, I'm going to coach them now. The Nets are a bit soft. They're a finesse squad, and the Celtics bring out the hard hats, and the Nets really don't want conference? that smoke. Yeah, I'm, but I'm giving analysis. But can they beat Boston? I think they, they Boston will be the tough. The best thing for the Nets is if they get in the other side of the bracket and somebody, Milwaukee somebody or somebody beats right. up Boston. That is yeah. so Real enough. talk. Real talk. I mean, we'll see. I, we get Durant back, get Simmons' mind right and okay. everything else. I know. I know. Yeah. Ben, Ben, you could have been on the button list if it wasn't Super Bowl-centric. We're back on First Things First. Sean Payton, now the coach of the Broncos. Drew Brees telling Ed Werder that this is just splendid news. He's really excited. He can speak for himself, but I think the idea of having Sean Payton come for what he's hoping is the rest of his career, I'm not sure there's a better scenario for him. Well, looks like everything's solved in Denver. <laughs> go ahead, sir. go ahead and ask. Aren't you, aren't you happy? I think. Well, no, no, I just, <laughs> listen. I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, this, the Broncos have gone about the absolute literal and metaphorical most expensive way to try to get their coach quarterback situation right. And while I like the coach, 
I think the quarterback's best days are long behind him, and I don't think you can fix Russell Wilson. I think you can get him from one of the five worst quarterbacks in the league, which he was, to a league average quarterback, but that won't be enough there. Trading four players and four premium picks just for the opportunity to overpay Russell Wilson, then having that go so terribly, you have to spend two more premium picks plus 20 plus million a year for a coach is literally the most expensive coach quarterback room in the league from a salary or from a picks expended standpoint. And so do I think that makes the, this makes the Broncos contenders? No. Do I think this makes the Broncos a playoff team? No. Do I think this prevents the Broncos from being a laughing stock? Absolutely. But unless Russell Wilson can get in the time machine to five years ago, I don't think they have a path mm. forward, Coach. Well, you, you said it earlier. That there's no getting out of this contract. So if you're the Broncos and your new ownership, you've got to figure out some way or at least try every possible avenue to, to fix it or make it better. And at this point, Sean represents the best way to hopefully make that better. You go from a very inexperienced head coach, at least he was on the offensive side of the ball, to a guy like Sean with his experience, and, and you're giving Russell the best chance to be successful. And, and that's why they had to make the move that they did. Now, not having a first and a second next year and a second the year, or the, yeah, the, the yeah. year after, that's a real problem. They're middle of the pack in terms of, of salary cap. That's a problem. If they lose E.J. Evero, the defensive coordinator, that's a problem. So there, there are major hurdles to overcome. In addition, whose system are you running? Sean's or what's best for Russell? That's got to fuse as, as well. Well, see, look, I think Russ will be humble at this point. I mean, he's coming off a horrendous season, by far the worst of his career. I think he'll be humble enough to be like, what do we need to do? And listen to Sean. And, and Sean, I think, will be smart enough to say, okay, this is what Russ does well. We'll do it. This is what he doesn't do well. But Chris, we don't won't you do think it. you need to be self-aware to be humble? And, and that's the question. Is, is he self-aware that it was a lot of him as opposed he, to the system? God, he's in order got to. Be to I get, he's got to. I mean, come With on. all these media apologists he has <laughs> that blamed it all on no, that happening. Even I, even I had to admit how bad he was, at, at, you know, midway through the season. But, look, this is what Sean Payton did with Jameis Winston. From the 33 touchdowns, which obviously was good, and 30 interceptions, to 14 touchdowns and three picks only for Jameis in the seven games he played, and he was a dark horse MVP candidate at that point. MVP. The next season, Dennis Allen takes over, right? Payton's gone. Jameis reverts back four touchdowns, five interceptions, and gets benched. So we just – I'm with Coach. You had to do it. The mistake was giving Russ a huge deal. But once you did that, you got to fix him because he's not going anywhere. And I think they did the best thing they could. Coach, quickly, if Russ, who will be 35 around Thanksgiving, That's the doesn't have it, do you think they can make a move at quarterback and sit Russ down? I, I, don't, I don't know how. The way his contract is structured, right. it, it – it, cripples your organization if you try to move on from them and that's that's the biggest problem is you you can't change without crushing yourself for years to come maybe Jameis in denver <laughs> Ooh, the altitude <laughs>